0: Happening in this city and the battle over it and the tension, it falls away when you understand God will do it. Some Christians get almost neurotic, especially lovers of Israel. They get so neurotic over these things, they know get all nervous and all tense to the point where they nearly have breakdowns. Um, because they feel, why is it having enemies enemy so strong, he's so powerful, my dear friend, relax. We are not called to fight the Lord's battles. We are we're called to be with him in his battle. You know, I always say to folks when I talk about uh, the, uh, uh, devotional things, Christian things, you can work for the Lord, or you can work with the Lord. When you work for the Lord, you can exhaust yourself. When you work with the Lord, you can rest in the Lord. Much work that is done for the Lord is not the work of the Lord. (laughs) You know the kind of idea, I've got to work, I've got to work. Lord, get behind me. Get behind me, Lord support me Lord, strengthen me Lord carry me along Lord I'm doing the work, my work Lord you stand behind me and help me oh what a difference it is when it is the work of the Lord you're under command it's not your work, it's his work it's not your ministry, it's his ministry it's not your service, it's his service now you can rest it's a question of hearing him and obeying him Oh, you'll have plenty of conflict and plenty of attention in another way, but you can rest in the Lord. And when God calls you to something, he provides for you. He provides the grace, he provides the power, and he provides the wisdom. When you do your own work, you're often left to support it. (laughs) Many a child of God is doing their own work. For the Lord. And then they find the Lord doesn't play ball. Whatever the Lord does. It is forever. Well now then remember this. You can trust the Lord. He's, he's the one who spoke in this. He has said a marvelous thing. My counsel shall stand. And I will perform all my pleasure. And then, just before that, he speaks about, um, um, from speaking about the end, defining, as it were, the end, delineating the end from the beginning. That's the book. It's all here in the book. The wonderful thing is, the Lord has said, my counsel shall stand, and I will perform all my pleasure. But then he goes on to say, calling a ravenous bird from the east. That seems very strange. What's a vulture got to do with the Lord's work? Why some hungry great bird of prey being poor? it was Nebuchadnezzar, I would have said, that's not the Lord. That's the enemy. But it was the Lord. The man of counsel was Cyrus. That's another Type of man. We understand that, oh yes, we can understand unsaved man, but at least the Lord was using him. But Nebuchadnezzar. See, the Lord has his own way of fulfilling his, his own thing. We have concepts, and when the Lord doesn't work according to our concepts, we have we get become neurotic. So that some prayer meetings become meetings in which we're telling the Lord what to do and how to do it. <laughs> May God preserve us from such. That's all I can say. Well, I must finish. I say it is the Lord himself who's preparing Jerusalem. Jerusalem preparing. I don't know. You are all believers. I think the vast majority here are believers. Now, let me just say something. In that marvelous 24th Psalm. It says, who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. That rules most of us out. I'm amazed at how people can somehow, um, uh, when it comes to their own circumstances, um, manipulate the word of God. Clean hands. And a pure heart. We are justified by the grace of God. Because Jesus was made sin for us. That we might become his righteousness. The righteousness of God in him. But we have to have clean hands. And a pure heart. I think sometimes in the charismatic because we have all been so horrified (coughs) by the heaviness in evangelical circles uh, we tend to go the other way and gone the other way to where somehow or other we become loose we are about the same as the world we behave like the world there is no difference between us Some people love Israel far more than they love the Lord Jesus. I'm sorry to say it, but it's true. And because they love Israel more than the Lord Jesus and are more devoted to Israel than they are to the Lord Jesus, strangely enough, they don't commit themselves to the Judaism that means separation. They fall between two things, the law and freedom. And they adjust everything to suit themselves. God is preparing this city for her king. And God is preparing the redeemed for the coming of the king. But we have to hear what he says Sometimes it's a very small issue in a person's life, seemingly. I've seen it many times. Some small issue that the Lord is speaking to you about. You think, no, no, that's ridiculous. That's so, that's not important. But if the Lord is speaking to you about giving up something, or going some way, or humbling yourself in some manner, you have no idea what hinges on obedience to what he's saying. I, I must. I keep on saying I must finish, but I'll finish with the story. I remember years ago a girl got saved at the Lord's table in the fellowship I was in. You wouldn't think people would be saved at the Lord's table, but uh, she was a very worldly girl. She'd never even been christened, as they say, or. Uh, baptized, she had no church membership, she'd never been inside things, she was a waitress. She came in and uh, at the Lord's table, she said, as the bread was being broken, she saw the Lord, and she got saved. She came to see me afterwards, and she said, I don't know what happened, but when you were breaking the bread, I saw the Lord. I've never had an experience like this. I want to follow him. I said, you must follow him. And then I said to her, remember this, the key to the Christian life is to be absolutely obedient to anything he asks. Well, she said, yes, I will do that. And she went out the door. Then she wheeled round and she said, But there's one thing that's not going to go. Oh, I said, what's that? This, she said. It was lipstick. So I looked at her and I said, Has anyone spoken to you about lipstick? No, she said. But I noticed quite a few don't wear it. But I said, maybe they don't like the stuff. I don't know. And he said, lipstick has absolutely nothing to do with being a Christian or not a Christian. Well, she said, it's not coming off. So then I said, she said, I'm a very pale person, as you can see. I need it. Yes, I said, I quite see that. <laughs> and then I said to her, now look here. Will you make a promise to me? Yes, she said, what is it? I said, you promise... You never take that off your lips, unless the Lord speaks to you. Oh, yes, she said, absolutely. You've got my word. She went out. It wasn't many months later when I suddenly noticed she didn't have lipstick. So I went up to her. Now, I don't get the thought that I'm not talking about lipstick or makeup or anything else like that. I I went up to her and said, "What about the promise you made? Are you trying to follow others?" No, she said, every meeting, every time I had a quiet time, the Lord said, your lips. Your lips. And she said, I thought, this is ridiculous. Even Lance says that it has nothing to do with being a Christian or not a Christian. But the Lord said, your lips, your lips. And finally, she said, all right, Lord, the lipstick came off. Today, the lipstick's back. Has been for years. But the interesting thing is, that one step of obedience brought her into a whole spiritual, new spiritual dimension. It was obedience. It wasn't the lipstick. As if the Lord's bothered about lipstick. It was just simply obedience. Sometimes it's a friendship. Sometimes it's an obsession. Sometimes it's to do with alcohol. Sometimes it's to do with smoking. Sometimes it's to do with uh, something else. It can be television. It can be a th- it can be novels. It can be a thousand and one things. And you suddenly find the Lord says, and you feel, oh, that is just ridiculous. I need relaxation. I mean, the Lord wants me to relax he doesn't want me to become one of those weird old Christians but you will find that when the Lord speaks to you and you obey you have passed to a gateway into an altogether new dimension of, it, of spiritual experience and understanding when I was a little boy I used to love to get my mother's scissors. And my mother, when she saw me with these huge scissors, would, would walk round behind me and say, Lance, the scissors. And I would hold them to myself. She said, the scissors, you must give them to me. I wouldn't give them. My mother would then seize those scissors in the end. And and I thought she was the most wicked old witch in the world. Why should she take away the one thing that gave me such pleasure? The scissors. Isn't it ridiculous when you think of it? Did it mean when Mother took away the scissors that I would never use scissors for the rest of my life? Of course not. It just meant that by taking them away at one point, she saved me from injury and harm. So it is with the Lord. You see, you can talk about being prepared. Jerusalem being prepared for the coming king. God is preparing the city. God is preparing this nation. I have no doubt about it. But when it comes to the redeem, the Holy Spirit looks for your cooperation. Are you ready to hear him? Are you ready to obey him? There is no way that you and I can have clean hands and a pure heart unless we can hear the Lord and obey him. Then there will come a day when we will be part of that city where it says lift up your gates, lift up your your heads, O ye everlasting gates and the king of glory will come in. This King of glory is the Lord of hosts. He is the Lord of battles. He is the King of glory. Jerusalem preparing for her King. Are you part of it? Part of the preparation? May God touch your heart. Whatever it is, give you the grace to obey, let go, follow him, surrender to him and come into a deeper experience of the Lord than you've ever had.